So it is a little different. It used to be you would either just go to your bank and get a mortgage or you would work with your realtor and, and whoever that realtor recommended, that's who you would work with. And part of that is a challenge, but part of that I, I embrace because I'm all about gaining the trust of that customer. So if they talk to me, it's not all about just, can you give me the lowest rate? Can you give me the lowest closing costs? Because I want to be able to add value to them. You are listening to The Real Estate Sessions with Bill Rissa of Fidelity National Title, Tampa District. The Real Estate Sessions podcast is part of the Industry Syndicate Media Network. For additional real estate podcasts, check out industrysyndicate.com. Now, your host, Bill Rissa. Hi, everybody. Welcome to episode 197 of the Real Estate Sessions podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you so much for telling a friend. I'm having so much fun doing this podcast. I Who knew it would go this long? You know, 200 episodes coming up soon. Uh, we're going to hit four years in a little less than a month. And so uh, I can't tell you really how happy I am to continue to provide this information to you. So thanks again for listening. Uh, really excited about today's guest. In fact, I have to start with this line. I'm going to say, great, Scott, Julie, happy birthday. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you very much, Bill. I didn't realize you knew. But. The, day, the, the day we're recording this episode is Julie Scott. Julie Scott is the, uh, a branch manager, a, 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 a loan officer extraordinaire with Movement Mortgage uh, down in the Fort Myers area. And so Julie didn't know I was going to wish her happy birthday here on the show. But uh, Julie, first of all, secondly, happy birthday again. And firstly, welcome to the show. Well, thank you, Bill. Thank you very much. I'm excited to be here. So I met you through uh, Kathy Mansiple, who's uh, kind of an institution. Can we call her an institution yeah. in the Fort Myers? Yes, we can. <laughs> yeah. She's been around for many, many, many years in our local real estate market. Right. And so that's how I got to meet you the first time. And 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 you're uh, you're you're both uh, you work together, but you're also good friends. And so I wanted to find out more about you. That's why we're having you here on the show. You live and work in Fort Myers. Uh, are you a Fort Myers native or Florida? Did you grow up in Florida or are you like the rest of us kind of showed up later? Yeah, believe it or not, I was born and raised right here in Fort Myers. Went away for a bit for college just so I could experience the North because, of course, growing up here in the you know 70s and 80s, as a kid, it was pretty boring and I could not wait to get out of Fort Myers. So, um, you know, just to give you a little history on that, my parents... Um, both moved here in the 50s. You know, my mom came from Canada and my father came from Ohio. But of course, they were, you know, teenagers in the 50s. So um, they moved here, moved to Fort Myers Beach. Both of my grandfathers were builders. So uh, my father's father built houses and my grandfather on my mother's side built, built, I don't know how much, but he built a motel that is still existing on Fort Myers Beach today. I like to tell the story, you know, of course, Golf front property today is pretty expensive. Um, when they moved here in the 50s, he bought five lots right on the golf and he paid 36000 so Oh, that was, uh, <laughs> I wish they still had the, those lots with the motel on it, but unfortunately they sold it. But yeah, so both of my parents grew up here. They went to Fort Myers High School. That's where they met. And then from there, of course, got married and started their family. But uh, yeah, I grew up here. Didn't really like it growing up, but now that I'm back the second time, and I've been back now for like 25 years or almost 25 years, but I absolutely love it. 
did you get to live on Fort Myers Beach at all? I mean, was that ever, were your parents ever living there? Or when did you, when you came along, were you already back up in Fort Myers proper? Yeah, when I came along, I was in Fort Myers. So that's where I, okay. I was, that's where my parents lived. But both of all of my grandparents still lived on Fort Myers Beach. So we basically spent every summer there, every weekend. So I did spend quite a bit of time growing up on Fort Myers Beach, but never actually lived there. But okay. now, believe it or not, I own property there. I have a condo on the beach. So we do go there quite often on the weekends, my family now. There's there's parts of Fort Myers Beach that are, uh, I don't know how to put this, kind of party zones. Yeah. <laughs> am, am, I, am I accurate? <laughs> uh, yeah, I, yeah. You know, Fort Myers Beach is not for everybody. You, you know, go. the that's north end of the island is more of the tourist section. So that's where you have a lot of the bars and the restaurants. And of course, the pier is there. And that's where you might get more of your, you know, spring break party crowd. There you but, go. but not all of it. You know, there's parts that during off season, like now when we go down there, it's, it's more family oriented. But the south end of the island, which is where I own a condo, that is definitely more residential. That's an older, you know, probably more retirees and 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 I also think the water is nicer down there because you're closer, you're further away from the Caloosahatchee, so the water's a little clearer. And I just absolutely love it. Yeah, yeah, that's that's headed down towards like Bonita Springs, really. I I don't think people that don't realize how, what Fort Myers area, you know, that the barrier island that makes up Fort Myers Beach and on down to Lovers Key and all that stuff, it's it's a good 11, 12 mile stretch from the north end to the south end. It's long, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we have. That's what I love about this area. You know, we have tons of beautiful beaches. You know, we have the Gulf. We have the Caloosahatchee River. We have the Imperial River. So there's tons of wonderful boating. I mean, my my husband and my daughter were out boating yesterday, and they caught a bunch of snapper. So, I mean, it's a boater, fisher paradise. Of course, we have a ton of golf courses. You know, people say, oh, it's so hot in the summertime. But anywhere you go in the United States in the summertime, it's hot. And at least we're near the water. So we get that, you know, that golf breeze. So it does yeah. help, help keep things a little bit cooler. Totally agree. Totally agree. So let's, let's move on. You, you, you grow up in Fort Myers and, and then you decide you're going to go away to college. And I'm just going to guess that becoming a lender, you know, helping people, you know, do the biggest thing in their lives was probably not on 18-year-old Julie's mind at the time. Am I on the right track there? You are you are dead on. <laughs> so, <laughs> so just to kind of back backtrack a little bit, as I said, growing up here, I really didn't enjoy it. It was kind of a sleepy little town. It's definitely, you know, has a lot more going on today, but back in the, you know, the 80s, it was pretty quiet. So I had these aspirations of going to the big city. So first what I did, I was a dancer. So I, I loved ballet. That was my, that was my primary dance. Um, so what I did is my last two years of high school, my junior and senior year, I went to Miami. So I was fortunate enough. My mom sent me off to Miami. I lived with a friend and I attended New World School of the Arts. So that's where I got my high school diploma from. So the next step was college. And um, Butler actually has a phenomenal college of fine arts called Jordan College of Fine Arts, where they have a wonderful dance program. So that's how I ended up in Indianapolis, going to Butler University. But absolutely wow. no, no desire to get into finance or lending. It was all about dancing at that time. 
So Julie, I'm, I'm going to, you know, give away one of your secrets. I, I always thought that ballet dancers were on the shorter side and you're, you're on the taller side. Am, if, am I, well, and of course I'm a little bit heavier now <laughs> than I used to be, but no, I mean, you know, of course with ballet, assuming you're, you're just doing traditional dance and you're, you're doing, you know, um, duets with um with with male dancers yeah of course the smaller you are the better because you know you're easier to lift but it all depends on the company you know some like san francisco um, ballet that is for a taller dancer and then there's others i can't think of any name off the top of my head that that are geared more towards more petite dancers but yeah i'm definitely probably because i'm five foot eight so i'm on the taller side for a dancer but I quickly realized after uh, two years at Butler that I was spending an awful lot of money to get into a very short-lived career that my chances of actually getting into a dance company and making any amount of money, and I knew I wasn't going to make a lot of money, but let's just say enough to get by, was, was very, very slim. So okay. I, um, I only lasted at Butler two years. Okay. So, so you, you leave Butler and... What was the your first job? Did you just come right back to Fort Myers when you left? <laughs> well, that's a whole other story. Oh, well, let's go there. <laughs> so when I, so when I was at Butler, I met a guy, and uh, he became my boyfriend, and we actually moved about an hour north of Indianapolis and bought it. It wasn't my name; his father actually bought it, but bought an herb farm. So for about a year, I lived in a very very remote part of Indiana, Indiana called Atlanta, Indiana. And we lived on five acres and we had greenhouses and we, we are, the name of the company was Aroma Herbs. So we would grow, you know, basil and thyme and oregano, and then we would package it and sell it to the grocery stores. So like when you go to the produce section and you buy like just a package of basil, that's, that's what we did. Only did it for a year because it um, it was pretty quiet and boring living in the country when you're you know twenty nineteen twenty years old. <laughs> and I'm, I, there's so many jokes I could start breaking up about an herb farm. Yeah. <laughs> Nowadays. Yeah. <laughs> but I will say you asked about the first job. My actual first real job, which was only when I was home from college between my freshman and sophomore year, was as the evening shift waitress at Waffle House. So you can imagine oh. coming home in the summer in the early, well, yeah, early 90s. The economy wasn't that great. We're summertime in Florida, so it was very difficult to find a job. So the only job I could find was the 10 p.m. to 6 a.m. shift at the Waffle House. And That's to this a, day, it's still one of my favorite restaurants. <laughs> that is a whole nother episode. Cause, and when I yeah. see you next week, I'm, I'm going to grill you on some Waffle House stuff because I am yeah. fascinated with, with the South and Waffle House. <laughs> so, um, yeah. yeah. Well, let's, 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 how then, how do you find out, how do you get into the world of lending? Where does that come from? What happens? So, you know, in all honesty, like I said, when I was younger, living in Florida, I always had these aspirations of going to the big city. So, you know, we would travel sometimes to Miami, Tampa, and I was just fascinated by the big buildings. And at the top of all the buildings, it was always a bank name. You know, they were the marquee mm -hmm. company in that building. So I always had it in my mind as a child that I wanted someday to, to, to work at a bank. 
you know, never really realized it until I got older, but I, I do believe that's where it came from. So when I, when I moved back to Florida after being on the herb farm, uh, I got a job at a hotel from, you know, the night shift again, working the front desk. And after a couple of years of that, and I would say I was probably about 24, I, um, I got a job as a teller at a bank. I just decided, you know, it was time to do something different, something that I could actually move up and advance in and, and make a career of. So um, my first job was at South Trust Bank, which, of course, is no longer. It became, you know, Wachovia and First Union, and I think today it's actually Wells Fargo. But I got a j- uh, job at South Trust Bank as a teller, and, you know, I absolutely loved it, but I only lasted six months as a teller because... I just wasn't the best at counting money. So a lot of times, you know, you have to balance your drawer at the end of the day. And, you know, I would, I mean, not huge amounts, but I would always be off a little. And of course, they never told me that I wasn't a good teller, but they quickly promoted me to customer service rep after six months. And that I absolutely loved. Okay. Yeah, so I got to sit there and balance checkbooks and open accounts and, you know, all of that. So that was, that was a great job. So the South Trust that I worked for, which if anybody's familiar with Fort Myers, it's right in front of Seven Lakes, which is a retirement community. Well, it's, yeah, it's a 55 and older community, but there was, it was a pretty big building. So the first floor was the bank and the second floor was the commercial lending department. So of course we got to know the commercial lenders and one of the commercial lenders had left and gone to a smaller community bank. So um, after about a year of being customer service, that commercial lender had um, called and asked me to come over and, and work in the loan department at South Florida Bank. And it's a small community bank. You know, really back then it was more like that good old boys club. You know, <laughs> we did, uh, of course, work with a lot of the small businesses in Fort Myers, managing their accounts and, and giving them commercial loans. I was just just like an assistant. So I would work on the loan documents and filing and, and, and such. And after about a year, and it was actually 20 years ago this month, it was June of 1999, uh, Fifth Third Bank bought us out. And this was the first time Fifth Third Bank was ever in Lee County. Fortunately, I was doing a very good job. They liked the way I worked. So they said, well, you have two options. You can either be a commercial lender and we'll train you and you can make a career of that. Or you can become a mortgage loan officer. And I honestly don't even remember why I picked to be a mortgage loan officer, but I did. So I was the very first mortgage loan officer with Fifth Third Bank in Lee County, Florida. I was the only one. And, uh, and that's how it all started 20 years ago this month. In your history, as I did my homework, you, you do end up with one of those big banks that has their name at the top of a building. <laughs> so Yeah, yeah, you're, I did. You're at you're at Bank of America. Your time there is right in the heyday, right? We're talking early 2000s now. Is that a, am I on the right path? Yeah, yeah. So I went, um, you know, after um, Fifth Third. And, and, and Fifth Third, you know, I, like anybody else, I don't like to jump around a lot. But I lasted at Fifth Third about a year. And then um, just to give you the history, then after that, uh, one of the uh, realtors that I had been working with went over to WCI's mortgage company. And for those of you not familiar with WCI, um, they're not around anymore, but they were actually just recently they they got bought out by Lennar, I believe. But um, WCR was a huge builder in the area. They had their own uh, mortgage company called Financial Resources Group. So I went to work there, got to experience the builder mortgage company. 
which you know, for for just reasons like management there, I really was not very happy. So um, I, I left there and went to Bank of America. And I started there, I want to say it was February 2001. And I was there for 12 years. So I was quite a long time at Bank of America. Yeah, so you... You really ran the gamut then of the, uh, that's right at the beginning of the market, just g- going on the upswing. And, you know, we all know what, what 2003, four and five were like. <laughs> Everybody in the business was doing well. But then 2007, eight, you know, six, seven, eight hits. Um, talk about that, that part of your career, having to go through, you know, what, what we all went through. Fortunately, and sometimes it's fortunate, sometimes it's not, but I can, I, I'm pretty conservative fiscally. Being that I'm 100% commission, I always have that mentality of, you know, if you have a good year, it's not going to last, which fortunately it has been, but I don't want to live beyond my means. So, you know, I was making, I was making good money. And then of course that changed and my income got cut by about two thirds, but fortunately it didn't affect my lifestyle too much because I wasn't needing that higher income. But of course, you know, it was tough. It was tough, but at least for me at that time, working for the big bank, it wasn't as bad because I still got referrals on the inside from the, uh, you know, from the bank branch people. So that did help some. But quite honestly, I, to me, it was a good thing as far as my business goes because the downturn, of course, weeded out all of those loan officers that really should not have been in the business. So, uh, yeah, you and I both know loan officers, uh, realtors. It was just who 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 had that. Who maybe were living a lifestyle beyond their means, and it definitely put them out of the business, right? Yeah. So let's let's talk about what you're doing now. First of all, I'm, I'm really I think what Movement Mortgage is doing is really cool. I mean, they they some of the things they're doing and in their interaction with the uh, realtor community, I'm trying to bring value. Super cool. Let's talk about for first of all, you know, you opened up your own office up here, and I think that's the first for you, correct? Yeah, it is. Movement Mortgage came calling. And, you know, I listen. I know people over there. I, it has Movement has a great reputation. I, you know, didn't have anything bad to say. But like you said earlier, change is hard. And, you know, you try to keep a little stability with the companies that you're with. Yeah, they came calling. And that was one of the requirements is I need to have an office because I do not like to work from home. I can, of course, but I have some smaller children. It's a little bit more difficult for me to work from home. So, that was that was definitely a requirement to find an office that I liked and and a good location and people that I enjoy working with. So it's it's been great. Julie, you're you're one of the top performing loan officers in the country, if I'm not mistaken. Is that an accurate statement? Well, yeah. And now, of course, you know, there's a lot of loan officers. You know, just like it's probably very similar to realtors. They say, you know, the joke is if you have a driver's license in Florida, you know, you have your real estate license. And of course, what is the saying that there's 20% of the realtors doing 80% of the business? And it's the same with with lenders. But last year, fortunately, with um, the production that I did, I was ranked in the top 1% of all loan officers across the U.S. So I, you know, I was very happy and proud of that because it does take a team, you know, it's, it's, it's not just me. It's, it's my, you know, my support staff, my processor, my assistants, and of course all the, you know, the realtors and the borrowers that I get to work with every day. So there might've been a little birdie that told me that. So I had to bring it up, but I think that's, that's, (laughs) that's very cool. Let's talk about some, 
some real world challenges that you face. In, in today's, where we're at now, seven or eight years past CFPB, we're well out of what we went through, um, we'll call it in the dark days. What are what are your biggest challenges today in, in the way that things are working and the way that things are set up? That's a tough question because of course, I'm so used to this every day. So I can't say like it's government regulation or the, you know, TRID or any of that because it's it's common practice now. And that really, that in the beginning, we all thought that was going to be a huge deal and it was going to take 90 days to close loans. But we have found that not to be an issue and companies have learned to adapt to that. But I would just say the biggest issue that that we face these days as a loan officer is just the uh, the amount of information available to consumers because of course if you're looking to buy a home usually you're going to go online first and that's where you're going to research homes you may research loans and loan officers so it is a little different it used to be you would either just go to your bank and get a mortgage or you would work with your realtor and and whoever that realtor recommended that's who you would work with and part of that is a challenge, but part of that I, I embrace because I'm all about gaining the trust of that customer. So if they talk to me, it's not all about just, can you give me the lowest rate? Can you give me the lowest closing costs? Because I want to be able to add value to them and educate them and make sure they really understand the process. Because in the end, the biggest, the biggest reward for me is when we have a happy client. I mean, it really is. I know it sounds corny and people say that, but that really is the truth. And the, the beauty of that is that's how you're able to grow your business. If you have a happy client, happy realtors, then they're just going to continue to help you grow your business, be your customers for life. And, you know, that's what some people just don't get. But it, um, it really, really does work. But I'm all in on that philosophy, not only for you, but for realtors and for uh, title people and home inspectors and home warranty people. If you can just satisfy people, make them happy, <laughs> you're doing a great job. Um, exactly. I'm going to ask you a, kind of a, a different sort of question. So I know in my 10 years running a branch back in Phoenix that many times um, lenders would, you know, be yelled at because docs weren't there, right? And they were late getting them there for um, a myriad of reasons. But in my opinion, the number one reason that docs were late, and I would always stand up for lenders that I liked and liked working with is, you know, buyers have a responsibility in the uh, loan process too. And so if, if you could, if you had a, a room full of realtors and you could tell them, hey, it would really be helpful if while you're working with your customers that you explain this part of the loan process to them in advance, it would help everybody. What would it be? Well, of course, you know, the biggest thing is, which is just common sense, is, you know, the, the customer really has to be engaged in the process. It's really up to the loan officer to to make sure that they have the buy-in from the customer. You know, and I, I tell them up front, I, I, I'm the type of loan officer, I try to be very proactive. So, of course, gather as much paperwork as you can up front, make sure they they understand when I call or email and I ask for something that I need it. We can't wait a week. You know, time is of the essence here. Of course, for realtors, yeah, it would be the same thing just for them to understand, for them to make sure their clients understand that the loan officer is not just asking for something for the fun of it. If they need the last page of that bank statement, 
they need it for a reason. <laughs> and I find just the biggest, the biggest issue, and, and mostly it's these online lenders, and I won't name any names, but some of them, they do a ton of advertisements. So customers have a, you know, a, a name recognition. And then once they get them in, they're dealing with a loan officer just out of college who doesn't have a lot of experience that's sitting in a call center in a different state and doesn't really fully understand. So they kind of tell the customer almost what they want to hear, that everything's good. And then when the customer gets so far along, they either find out that the rate and fees that they thought they were getting are not the truth and or that there's an issue with their approval because the loan officer missed something up front. So that's why I, you know, when I, whenever I talk to a customer, like a realtor refers them or a past client, and I talk to them and they're shopping, I say, obviously, I hope that I can help you. But if anything, please work with a local lender and not an online lender, because a lot of times you run into issues along the road and, and, and you wish you wouldn't have gone that route. Julie, if you if you could get a time machine or a magic wand, and let's think about the good old days. And I'm going to assume in the world of lending, let's go 2005. If you could bring one thing back from there that would be wonderful to have today. Now, that sounds weird because we've gone so, come so far with technology. But is there something from back there that you go, boy, this really worked well. Um, it wouldn't create situations. I wish we had this this program or this thing back? Is there something that fits in that category? Well, <laughs> of course, there's a lot of things because it was a lot easier, you know, but, but of course that created a lot of issues at the same time. Oh, I was thinking, I'm thinking about that. That's a tough question because there's just a lot of stuff that I'm glad we don't have anymore. But I would say the one thing that, that was, that was kind of nice were piggyback loans. You know, for example, you could do an 80, really you could do an 80-20, but we'll say like an 80-15-5. And I'm not to, not to say those don't exist, but they're not as common anymore as um, as they were before. So that was a pretty nice program to have. So there's a lot of things that I'm glad aren't around anymore. Yeah. Because once again, I, I'll, I'll just go back to what I said earlier about a lot of loan officers that, that aren't around anymore. Back in 2005, there were a ton of loan officers, and the ones you could you could see them a mile away. They had the dollar signs in their eyes, and you could tell they just all they cared about was making as much of a commission on that customer as possible, and uh, that just always always sickened me. So I'm, I'm glad to see you know those people were weeded out some. I love to hear you say that. It was a, a passion of mine too. I was, I'm running a branch at the time, and as I'm doing the closing, it is completely obvious to me that this loan officer ripped this customer off. And mm -hmm. I couldn't I couldn't say anything. It's not my place to, to do that. And it just, uh, what happened was I would stop working with those lenders uh, as soon as possible. Right. Um, but I want to throw this out there as a, you know, someone who did about 7,000 closings back in the uh, 2000s. I wasn't a mm -hmm. big fan of first and second loans because that's two loan packages I had to sit there and sign. So... <laughs> Yeah, yeah. But I get, but I get sure, how they're and, good know, for you. It's and, and I and actually, you know, I work with a lot of the uh, down payment assistance programs today because that's a, uh -huh. kind of a passion of mine. Are the first time home buyers, and a lot of those are first and second packages also. So I, 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 yeah, it, it but, de but, definitely makes the closing a lot longer. 
Yeah, little 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 uh, pain, but it's worth it. So that's all good. Well, Julie, look, I've had yeah. you here uh, long enough uh, on your birthday that I'm going to ask you the same final question that I ask every guest on the show, and that if you could give one piece of advice to a new realtor just getting started in the business, what would it be? My piece of advice, and I, and I say this all the time, is to focus on first-time home buyers because whether you're a realtor or a lender, because that is a market that not everybody wants because they feel it can be a little more challenging and a smaller dollar amount. But there are so many first-time home buyers out there, or, or I shouldn't say first-time home buyers, there's so many renters out there that just do not think that homeownership is attainable. I just was, and a lot of people probably saw it, it was a Freddie Mac survey that came out. And they said that, Renters still believe they cannot buy because they think they need a 700 credit score, which is not true, and they think they need 20% down. So I think as a realtor or loan officer, if you can just educate people that that is not the case, they will be so loyal to you. They will be your customer for life, and they will refer all their friends and family to you, and you can just grow your business that way. So that would be my piece of advice. So this is episode 197, and you did it, Julie. You you gave a new and different piece of advice. So congratulations. Well, thank you. <laughs> Let me, um, if people want to get in touch with you, what's the best way for them to reach out to you? Well, they can um, either uh, reach out to me directly on my cell, which is 239-209-2017, or my email is Julie, J-U-L-I-E dot Scott, S-C-O-T-T at movement.com. Julie, thank you so much for your time today. And I look at for anyone listening to this podcast, I've, I've met lots of people in the business and I'm, I'm going to try to embarrass Julie here, but she is genuinely one of the nicest, most caring loan officers I've ever met. And uh, that's very cool. So Fort Myers and Lee oh, County are super. Well, thank you. Yeah, they're, they're very lucky to have you down there. So thank you so much for your time. Oh, thank you, Bill. I appreciate it.